This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Let's hit up the hotline. Welcome in Cody Nagel, who's joining us now here on the Blitz 1170. You might know him in covering the Oklahoma State Cowboys for 247. What's up, Cody? How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Good, man. Good, good, good. Hey, before we get to uh, football here and everything that's going on this weekend, I do have to ask you a question because uh, I think you, yeah, this was a retweet from you earlier uh, that uh, Javon Smallkid is on campus today to Oklahoma State for a visit. This has been a uh, Mike Boynton, what was the term he used? Fluidity with the roster. The situation has indeed been fluid with the roster when it comes to Oklahoma State, but this one would go a long way if they can convince Small that this was the place that he should be. Yeah, this has kind of felt like one of the, I guess, top targets in the transfer portal that they've kind of been, been working on for a while now. Um, I know he was down at, at OU last weekend, I believe, and then um, something happened where his kind of visit fell through with a scheduling conflict up here, um, but had to reschedule and is now um, is now on campus um, for, for his visit now. And um, it, it really sounds like he's kind of trending towards Oklahoma State. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a um, you know commitment announcement or transfer commitment announcement here um, by the end of the weekend or sometime early next week. Um, but he, he definitely would help um, it, adding to that, you know, missing pieces of, you know, guards on the outside uh, that, that can shoot, can, can handle the ball. Um, you know, I, I think he missed a few games last year or maybe a good chunk of the season last year, actually, from, from a knee injury. Um, but he's, he's still considered to be, you know, a four-star transfer prospect according to 24-7 sports. So um, it would definitely be a, a big addition for sure. Was the Tyreek Smith a surprise? Was his announcement a surprise? Not that I get surprised by anything really that happens anymore. It just seemed, it, and I saw some people maybe put it this way just because it was later than the other ones. Yeah, I, that was the the part that I guess surprised me was how late it was. I thought, you know, okay, if if Caleb says he's not, Caleb Boone says he's not coming back, and then Musa, you know, goes to the portal and says he's not coming back maybe then, you know, Tyreek stays realizing he probably has a clear spot on the, on the starting five. Um, but the fact that, you know, both those guys left and then he waited to announce and eventually entered the transfer portal too. Um, I think that part was surprising. Um, again, like, like you said, nothing really surprises us anymore. I mean, it, it, every spot is basically up for grabs. Like Boynton said, you're basically reconstructing a roster every season. It's really hard to, build for the future now in college basketball um so i mean yeah it's it, it wasn't surprising that he entered it was more surprising how long he waited to enter you know that the portal opens you know before the season even ended so it's been open for a while now uh, but yeah the fact that he waited until now to enter was was a little bit surprising i guess all right let's uh, shift to football here with uh, putting the twisty tie on spring football after this weekend this is a Massive weekend of recruiting in the final weekend of spring football. Lots of visitors that are going to be on campus. This is the, you know, the future. And well, I mean, the future has already been happening for a while, but this is the new version of college football where spring football is used for this. And in many instances on your spring games, you want to have them there. Oklahoma State's not having technically one of those, but it's not taking away from the impact that this weekend potentially has on them moving forward and recruiting. Uh, how big of a weekend is this, Cody? Yeah, I think, you know, my first thought was, you know, when they announced that they weren't having a spring game, I was like, okay, that, that might hurt recruiting a little bit. Um, 
but obviously it doesn't seem like that at all with the, the visitors that they had um, last weekend and then now a big group coming in this weekend for official visits. Um, but, yeah, you, you always think, you know, okay, you got your big spring game. You know, I mean, look at what OU does with theirs. It's a, this is a, it's a huge event. Um, they bring in all these different guys from around the country. But, I mean, Oklahoma State's showing you don't really need a, an actual spring game to, to continue to recruit. Um, you know, Gundy mentioned on Monday that, you know, it's actually kind of more beneficial for them not to have a, a spring game where they're kind of stuck up in the stands where they can't really see anything. You know, now they can have their regular practice on Saturday at the, the Sherman Center, and, you know, those guys can walk around, get right up to these position drills, you know, stand on the sidelines when they're doing, you know, team workouts and everything. So, yeah, I don't I don't think not having a, a spring game or anything like that is, is hurting Oklahoma State by any means. But, um, yeah, they've got uh, at least six official visitors, and then obviously they're going to have a, a handful of, you know, unofficial guys coming in from, you know, 2025 class. Um but yeah, if you want me to just kind of run down the list here. Um, yeah, I, I was I was intrigued by some of the names that are on there, and I don't I don't know where, where if there's one that you would like to start with here. Um, I was I was kind of looking at uh, who's the kid out of Mansfield Legacy? Is that the the Cleveland kid? Maybe we could start there. Yeah, because uh, I mean yeah, he's a defensive the, back, and that's that's one of the bigger ones. Yeah, he's he's one that is actually I think was probably the first guy that Brian Nardo called. Um, when he got the job um, as, as the new defensive coordinator, um, he's been kind of the, the top recruit that Nardo wants. Um, a, a really versatile defensive back um, for Mansfield Legacy, like you said, um, and has a really solid offer list. You know, Auburn's in there, uh, Michigan, Nebraska, Penn State, uh, TCU, Texas. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if Oklahoma State ends up landing him. I, I talked to him when he was down at that Under Armour camp a few weeks ago in Arlington and, um, you know, really high in Oklahoma State in constant communication with Nardo and, and Hammerschmidt, um, the safeties coach up here. Um, but yeah, that that would be a, a definitely one to keep an eye on as as a possible commitment here soon. Um, obviously, I'm sure he'll he'll take some more visits, but I mean, I think this is the second time he's been up here in the last month or so. So, mm. you know, this this is a chance for them to you know solidify him and get him locked in before he you know does take some other visits. The other one is, uh, let's see, now we'll jump over to Mansfield Summit um, with, with the next player. That's the linebacker, Kylan Reed. Yeah, so there's actually two guys from, from Mansfield Summit that are going to be here, um, Kylan Reed and Legend Journey. Um, okay. Uh, Kylan's, Kylan's a linebacker, and then Legend Journey's a, a defensive lineman. Um, but I believe Oklahoma State was, I believe, one of the first to, to offer them uh, last probably last spring sometime. Um, and it's been on those two for a while. Uh, and again, those, those were two guys that were, were up here earlier this spring too, that, that, you know, this is their return trip, you know, coming back in for the official visit. So, you know, it's, it's showing that these guys that are coming in on official visits are definitely top targets and guys that, that are interested. Um, you know, eventually we're going to get to the point where, you know, they're not limited on official visits where guys can basically take unlimited amounts. So, but these are guys that have been up here for, for a few times. Um, I think they were here for a game, uh, maybe during the, this past season too, uh, but also just two really good defensive prospects to to add to Nardo's defense. Uh, the two offensive linemen that they have uh, coming in um, now, one of them I think uh, has already been to Stillwater. Uh, I don't know about the uh, the Williams kid that's there, but the Branham kid has has been to Stillwater before, correct? Yeah, so Kobe Branham's from um, Smart Fort Smith, Arkansas. Um, he's been here 
countless times. Okay. He was here for a few games last year um, and then was just up here um, the other week for an unofficial visit. Uh, but yeah, big six foot five, 320 pound guard. Um, so obviously a, a lot of size, even as a, a guy enter or coming towards the end of his junior year. Uh, but he's got um, Arkansas, Ole Miss, SMU, and Texas A&M kind of as the the top group there with Oklahoma State. Um, so you know it's not it's good that Oklahoma State's been able to get him on campus a few times. I think probably Arkansas is the the leader there. Um, so this weekend's you know another opportunity for Oklahoma State to kind of make up some ground uh, some ground there. Um, and then Ori Williams, you know Oklahoma State offered him uh, way back in. Oh, when was that? It was like 2021 sometime. They they were the first one to offer him like a couple of years ago. Uh, and now he's got offers from, um, from Auburn, Florida, Florida state, Georgia, um, LSU. Uh, let's see. I think Oregon and TCU are up there too, Texas. Um, but just another massive offensive line. He's six foot seven, 320 pounds. Um, so I don't think he's been up here anytime recently, uh, but he's from San Marcos, Texas. Uh, but yeah, again, another, you know, big time offensive line target that, um, you know, Oklahoma State's been on guys like him in the past, um, you know, where they're, you know, competing against Texas and, you know, some of those other bigger programs for offensive linemen, but just, but just haven't been able to land them. So, you know, if they could, you know, find a way to get, get Ori Williams um, on board, that would be another, another big addition to the class. And then we've got one more out of Louisiana, correct? Yes, I'm trying to remember his name now. Uh, Demirian Johnson. Yes, yes, um, Demirian. Um, yeah, he's the the defensive lineman. That's right uh, from Louisiana. Um, I think the Cowboys offered him last or this past October. Um, and uh, again, another really decent offer list with Alabama, Auburn, Florida. Um, you know, he's the one of the top 50 defensive linemen in the class, and obviously, you really can't ever have too many defensive linemen, and especially in you know, Oklahoma State's new new defensive front. You want these versatile guys that can, you know, play outside, play inside, and I think he he really fits that fits that mold. Uh, Cody Nagel's our guest here on the Blitz eleven seventy. Uh, I know someone finally had asked uh, Gundy about this, but the report that came out from USA Today um, in terms of just recruiting budget overall. I mean, there's so much right that goes into that in terms of context. We had talked, you know, ad nauseum here about, well, you've got to keep in mind, you know, the Atherton and then uh, the training table stuff. And the fact my joke here was if your hub is love, that means you're probably saving some money, right? If trying to fly out of that the majority of the time there in Dallas and the recruit, the regional recruiting aspect of this. Was there anything in that that really surprised you, though? I mean, you cover this as, as much as anyone um, and not not a shock that they were low, but were you shocked by just in comparison to the other Big 12 schools about where they were at in terms of total recruiting budget? Yeah, I think it, it was a bit of a surprise just kind of how low it was and how far behind. I mean, they were close to the bottom by a pretty wide margin. 400K. Like, oh, they were, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's chunk change to what Texas spent 200000 on one weekend for Arch Manning. I mean, that just shows the just crazy amount of money that Texas has, but yeah, I mean, 400 K for, you know, a yearly recruiting budget. Um, but like Gundy said, a lot of that is, is, you know, basically, um, you know, airfare travel, um, you know, the, the private private planes that they get or whatever to, you know, travel down to, you know, probably Louisiana and stuff like that. But I mean, most of, I mean, you look at Oklahoma state's recruiting kind of circle or whatever. I mean, it's, it's a lot of in-state guys, 
and it's a lot of DFW guys. They don't really go to, to Houston a whole lot anymore. I mean, they've got a few targets down there, um, but probably only like a hand, handful per class um, that, that, they're, that they're going after. So, you know, everything's within a relatively easy, easy driving distance. Um, now, obviously, they've got some guys that they've targeted out of California and stuff like that, out west and Utah and um, some Arizona guys. So maybe that's where the the flights are coming in too. But you know, so much of this is is close regionally that they're not having to spend so much. And like you said, the their ability to use the Atherton. You know, Gundy says he he's not going to go out and you know spend a bunch on some meal at some restaurant here in town. They're going to they're going to feed them at the the dining table or um, training table um, because that's where they're going to eat as, as student athletes. So, you know, might as well show them, you know, what they're going to be eating on a regular basis because when they get here, they're not going to be eating out at some fancy steakhouse every, every day. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's a good strategy by them. Um, And, you know, I talked to all these, you know, offensive line recruits and they always say that they feed us well here. I mean, that's, you know, so they're showing that they're, they're getting plenty of food at, at the training table too. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting just to see how far behind they were compared to some of these other big 12 schools. Um, I think that was part of probably the main thing that kind of stood out. We even Cody went and, and looked at the numbers there for the new uh, schools that are coming in and, um, still Oklahoma state was a hundred thousand dollars behind what Houston was, uh, you know, Cincinnati, UCF, all of those schools, their budget was in the 850k range, so it didn't even really change from the perspective of that. And I, I, you know, I said at the time that you can look at that, and yes, the numbers might discourage you a little bit. Uh, but again, context on that. But I mean, Gundy was also quick to say, "Hey, that's that's from the old regime. We are having more money that's put into this. Uh, I'm never going to say no to more money. We just don't know how much yet, but." Um, I don't know. There's just still a part of me that thinks uh, a team like this moving into the new version of the Big 12 to be 400K behind everybody is just not a good look. And I hope that that number starts to tick up because you can still recruit with the same philosophies, right, that Gundy still has and that they use as a university while also adding money to it to at least get them to a level to where they can seem competitive on a cash run. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, they you you want to be a top dog in this new big 12 and with the recruiting budgets, I mean, obviously Gundy said, you know, we, those are from the past regime. They've, they've got more money now. Okay. But how much more, I mean, is he talking that's only like an extra hundred thousand? I mean, I can't imagine it doubled in size by any means. Um, so, I mean, again, it would still be towards the bottom of, of the new big 12. So I think they need to, you know, I think they need to put more of an investment into recruiting. If you want to be, this top dog in the new big 12, like they, like they want to be. All right. Uh, last uh, couple of things here. Um, how, from what you have heard and from what you have seen, what are the returns on spring so far overall from the team? Have, have you heard uh, good things so far about how far and how much work that they've been able to get in? Yeah, I think everyone's kind of biggest concern going into the spring was, okay, they lost all these transfer portal guys, they brought all these new guys in. Did they get better? Did they even out? Are they going to be worse than they were last year? Um, I think I think the wide receiver position, I think they probably upgraded there um, when you think about the guys that they brought in. Um, quarterback, I, 
I just I had a really hard time saying that they broke even or got better with with Spencer leaving and Bowman coming in. I mean, and, and who knows? Maybe Bowman, you know, something clicks with him being back in you know a system that he's more familiar with, um, and maybe he surprises a lot of people. I'm not saying that he that he will or that he won't, but um, I just have a hard time believing that they're going to you know be as good as what they were offensively with without Spencer quarterback. Um, offensive line, just the fact that they're healthy this spring is, I mean, they're, they're able to get so much more done now. I mean, last year they couldn't do hardly anything because they, they couldn't do reps. I mean, they had basically six guys that were healthy on the offensive line. Um, but now they've got, you know, a good two, three string units that they can throw out there and, and go through reps. Um, and then defensively, um, it, I mean, from everything we've heard, it sounds like the install of the new defense has gone well. You know, talking with the players, they they love the, you know, kind of freedom it gives gives them. It, it puts their their playmakers in position to make plays. And, and you know, the Oklahoma State's got a lot of kind of just raw athletes on, on the back end. Um, and, you know, you think of guys like Colin Oliver and the freak nature stuff that he can do, um, it kind of opens them up to, to be free and play free and, you know, not think too much and, um, just use more of their natural instincts to, to play football. Um, so I think the, the defense is coming, coming together well. Um, but yeah, I think there was, you know, obviously at the beginning of spring camp, there was a lot of, a lot of question marks. Um, and I think over these past five weeks, I think the kind of worry that, you know, maybe next season is going to be a disaster. I think a lot of those worries have, and concerns have, have kind of gone away. And now the most important question what were the nerves like from you last night as uh, we saw what was probably, well, it was, was it last night or the other night? My days are running together. But the, you, you come in to game two as an Avs fan. You see what happened in the first period. They give up, what, a shorthanded goal, and you're like, oh, my God. Where were you on the despair chart after the shorthanded goal to put the Kraken up before the Avalanche had a great comeback? Uh, I think I walked into the – so I was watching out in our living room here in our apartment. My wife was um, in the other room, and I think I walked in there, and I said, they're probably going to get swept, and <laughs> they'll, they'll be done. And then in a matter of, what, 48 seconds sometime in the second period there, they tied it up, and I was like, all right, we're back. <laughs> uh, so is, is your wife in instances like that? She's like, oh, good, I might get part of you back again, or is she a giant – hockey fan along there with you no she's more on the the regional end where she's you know okay everything's going to be fine okay all Calm right down don't don't worry about it and and she was right i mean 48 seconds during that second period they were they were right back in it and ended up ended up pulling out the win okay all right man well good luck the rest <laughs> of the way through man uh as a uh the giant abs fan that you are cody i appreciate you man thank you so much uh for all the great info keep up the great work and we'll definitely do this again soon all right, sounds good. Talk to you later, guys. Thanks. That's uh, Cody Nagel joining us here on the Blitz 1170. You might follow along with uh, Cody Nagel on Twitter, and you can also check out the website, uh, GoPokes247, part of the 24-7 Sports Network. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back live from the Ike's Chili House studio, serving four generations of Tulsa since 1908 here on the Blitz 1170. Don't forget, coming up tonight, 530 OSU baseball on the road at Kansas. Tomorrow, 1.30, little afternoon tilt up there in Manhattan. And as soon as that is over, 
if we have to join the Tulsa Oilers in progress, we will, the football team. But if not, pregame will come your way at 6.30 here on the Blitz 1170. Timeout, back with more next. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.